ESPN Radio. This is ESPN Radio on the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, and on ESPN Plus. I'm Amber Wilson. He is Harry Douglas. We are taking you up until 7 o'clock Eastern. ESPN Radio is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. You can tweet to us at AmberW790, at HDouglas83. You can also join the conversation on the Canty call-in line, 888-SAY-ESPN, 729-3776. There are NBA games tonight. It is winner go home for Harry's Atlanta Hawks against the Cleveland Cavaliers. That game will tip off at 7.30 p.m. The Pelicans then will take on the Clippers at 10 p.m. Eastern tonight. And huge news out of that game. The Clippers, who are hosting the Pelicans for a win-or-go-home play-in game, will not have the help of their biggest star who was previously available. Not their biggest, biggest star because he already wasn't available in Kawhi Leonard, but now their second biggest star and Paul George also is not available to this Los Angeles Clippers team. He has tested positive for COVID-19. Reportedly, he is in health and safety protocols. A significant blow, Harry, to this Clippers squad. Adversity, adversity, adversity. How are the Clippers going to respond to this? And we don't even know if Luke Kennard is going to be out there playing for them. That's another huge blow for them uh, player-wise, especially two guys who can put the ball in the basket and score. Paul George means everything to this team. Now, I do understand that they played a significant amount of games without Paul George this year, and they were decent in those games. But let's be honest. When you have a guy of the stature of Paul George – it means a lot to your team. And a guy who had 34 points the other night against the Minnesota Timberwolves, seven rebounds, five assists, those are a lot of points. He went six for 12 from the three-point line. That's 50%. That's a, that, that's a, that's a huge blow to the Clippers team. But it's going to put a lot of pressure on guys like Reggie Jackson, Nick Batum, Norman Powell, uh, Zubak, for those guys to step up and make the plays. Now, they did it in his absence beforehand. But this is for the marbles. This is to go see who's going to play the number one seeded Phoenix Suns. And just looking at this game in, in totality, I believe that the New Orleans Pelicans are going to come out on top because they have three guys on their team that can score. You look at uh, uh, Valanchunas, the big. And when I looked at that game against the Timberwolves, the Clippers struggled in the paint, giving up points, which was 36. Then you have a guy like C.J. McCollum who had 27 points at halftime the other night. A damn good trade. Willie Green, I love what he's presenting and what he's doing with this organization. And then you have a Brandon Ingram who skyrocketed and dunked on a few people the other night as well and had Smoothie King uh, Arena. I think it's Arena. I want to make sure I get it right. Rocking and socking and jocking. I haven't seen that place like that ever because my brother played there for two years and I never seen Smoothie King like it was the other night when the Pelicans were playing there. So I think this is a huge blow to a Paul George. And that's the thing that, that, that this COVID stuff uh, can hinder when it comes to the playoffs. Now, I don't know if, if Paul George is vaccinated or not, but I think it was a, a reports that their entire team early in the year was vaccinated. But I'm thinking about other teams with players not vaccinated. How can things like this alter 
um, their teams. But even if you are vaccinated and you have symptoms and you have COVID, so it's still there. It's still real. (laughs) And that might be what what happened here with Paul George, because I remember those reports as well. But I mean, he very well could be obviously exhibiting symptoms, right? He could be sick with it. And and um, and that might have something to do with why he is in the health and safety protocols. And it could be a problem moving forward then, because even if they get past this uh, win or go home situation with the Pelicans tonight, then they have to take on the Phoenix Suns, the best team in the NBA. And if they have to do that without Paul George and Kawhi, that seems problematic. Obviously, Paul George would be able to come back at some point during that series, but I don't know if he'd be ready to go on Sunday, which is when that series would tip off. So this is a huge news in the NBA. The Clippers are used to playing without him this season, as you mentioned. 51 games he missed for LA they went 24 and 27 that's not bad they were close to 500 without him they were able to stay afloat but in a one game situation it feels like huge advantage Pelicans Jay Williams from Keyshawn Jay Will and Max he was actually on Barton Hahn as a guest today after the news about Paul George broke and Jay Williams said that this is a huge advantage for the Pelicans All right, I don't, I don't know if I'm making C.J. McCollum a better leader than, than LeBron James anytime soon, but I do think that the Pelicans are coming into this game with some momentum because they're coming off of a win, and this Clippers team is coming off of a loss, albeit a close loss to the Timberwolves, but now you're coming off of a loss, and you're coming off of a loss with missing your biggest superstars. Is Paul George a superstar, by the way? We were having the superstar conversation earlier, splitting hairs in the NBA between star and superstar. Is Paul George a superstar? Because I'm going to say no. I'm going to say star. Not yet superstar playoff. P. Yeah, he a know. star, especially star. Paul George right. been out most now, of the Kawhi year. Now Kawhi Leonard, so. superstar, right? Oh yeah, Kawhi right. Leonard, you right. know, Finals General MVP, consensus. you know, with the uh, with the with the Toronto Raptors, and then with the San Antonio Spurs, he defended LeBron and beat LeBron. I then I'd seen that one personal uh, up and close because my Could brother was fancy. on that team then, so I seen all those games and. Oh, I was like, somebody's in, in my family is going to get a ring. It's going to be my brother. Then, no, damn Kawhi Leonard showed up. And <laughs> him and his big hands and claw and defensive abilities and shut down the Miami Heat. So, I'll say when you look at this matchup, though, I just love the energy. And Jay Will touched on it. C.J. McCollum and how he leads differently um, than, than a guy like LeBron. And sometimes that's what these young players need. They need that leadership. And there's different ways to lead. There's different ways to get through to players and guys. And CJ talked about how not just coming to this team and trying to do it with his voice and telling guys what to do, but getting to know them, getting, getting, getting to be around them even more and showing them the way first. Now he can be more of a vocal leader. I think little things like that is, is very, very important when it comes to young players. I young get what players you and Jay Will are going at, are like getting at here, but I like how are we making CJ McCollum a better anything than LeBron James, including a better leader than LeBron James? But I understand what you guys are saying that it, it, it's, that it's, a it's different... possible. Just be, just because he's a big name, don't mean he lead better than other guys, or maybe takes the time more here in this exactly. situation yep. because he's not you know the greatest of the generation and maybe has a little bit more time there, there to try go. to get yep. the most out of Brandon Inger. I know what you're saying. It just it it sounds crazy. <laughs> it sounds crazy no, that we didn't make CJ <laughs> McCollum anything better uh, than LeBron James. I do think that 
this matchup, it's possible that the Clippers can stay afloat in a one-game scenario. If this was a series, I wouldn't even give them a possibility without Paul George because forget about it in a series. But on a one-game sample size, anything can happen. This Clippers team is used to having to deal with this adversity. So now you need the Reggie Jackson and the Marcus Morrises of the world to step up big. Ty Lue is going to have to do some of the things that he had to already do for a long portion of this season in terms of that rotation with Terrence Mann and Norman Powell. And it's going to be next man up for everybody on that Clippers team. I still think it's going to be too tall of an ask uh, because that Clippers team is frankly just decimated at this point. But it's possible. Anything is possible. Tune into an NL battle tomorrow as the Padres host the Braves presented by Progressive Insurance. Coverage begins at 3.30 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. But tonight, the coverage in those play-in games begins at 7 p.m. Eastern on most ESPN radio stations. Coming up next, we transition to the NFL. There's news on the Kyler Murray French. Should the Cardinals call his bluff? That's next. This is ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio. Maybe there's trouble in Arizona after all. This is ESPN Radio with Amber Wilson and Harry Douglas. Harry, reports are coming out now because we had heard that things were okay with the Arizona Cardinals, right? I mean, at first, Kyler Murray removed them from his Instagram profile, and we know that spells trouble in 2022 with the kids these days, Harry Douglas. And then Mm. everything was okay. And I think he even added them maybe back to the gram. And now we're getting reports that they're at a standstill, Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals, in terms of contract negotiations. And we are hearing that Kyler Murray may refuse to play for the Cardinals if he does not, in fact, have an extension in place with his team. Now, this doesn't mean that the two are definitely breaking up, but it does spell trouble over there in paradise. They technically have Kyler Murray under contract through 2022, possibly 2023, if they exercise that fifth-year option, but this does lay the groundwork for this problem to escalate. What do you make of this situation, Harry Douglas? Take me out to the ball game. Baseball has started. Kyler Murray and his camp has said if he doesn't have a new deal, he won't be out there. But I will say this. Um, Kyler Murray has made major strides in the National Football League from year one up until this past year. Um, throwing the football, rushing the football. He is a dual-threat guy. Um, when, I, when I look at that playoff performance that he had against the Rams, that was atrocious. 19 for 34, 137 yards, two interceptions. And at, at halftime, the stats got a little bit better after halftime, if you even want to say what I just named is better. But before half, right at halftime, they, they weren't good at all. But for Kyler, for me, I want Kyler to, to work on the attitude, right? the body language, even in interviews, on, on the field when things aren't going his way or going the team and the offense's way, the cameras are always on you, right? I want him to build better chemistry with his teammate. Be a, be a guy that people can come to, and I'm not saying it's not going to happen overnight, but work on it, right? Because I do believe at the quarterback position, the quarterback has to be a guy that people can go to. Everybody can't be Aaron Rodgers and be out here winning back-to-back MVPs and can just do certain things that they want to do. That's what these young guys got to understand. You're not at those levels yet. And then I'm not going to let Cliff Kingsbury off the hook because what I've seen transpire from this team the last two years, especially late in the year, he is a part of that. 
along with Kyler Murray, I believe, as well, because the quarterback and the head coach and the play caller have to go hand-in-hand. But I thought the offense late in the year was vanilla. Uh, when guys got hurt, I didn't think Cliff Kingsbury had a plan in more than one because we've seen when DeAndre Hopkins got hurt, things went downhill. And not only DeAndre Hopkins, when the running back started getting hurt, you started seeing them struggle offensively as well. And then when little, other little receivers started getting hurt here and there, you've seen the same thing. So I want Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray to see if they can be on the same page. And it's okay. If Kyler has an idea, listen to it. Cliff, you got to have more ideas because what I've seen in the tail end of the year, the last two years, is not going to cut it. And then especially in that playoff game, that game was tough to watch. And I love watching football, but I think there's so much that can be patched up uh, on both sides, from Steve Kahn, from Cliff Kingsbury to Kyler Murray, to where everybody has to start getting on the same page. But it, because until that, until they do, you're going to have this friction everywhere. And Kimberly Martin brought it up. It's weird that they extended Steve Kahn, Cliff Kingsbury, and not Kyler Murray. And she and reminded the, us yeah. that Cliff Kingsbury, or she reminded me anyways, that Cliff Kingsbury – and Kyler Murray have the same agent. I had forgotten that uh, before she said that. Kimberly A. Martin was on with us earlier, ESPN's NFL analyst. If you miss any portion of this show, you can always check us out on the podcast, anywhere podcasts are available. But when she was on here on ESPN Radio, she said that she doesn't see Kyler Murray holding out. ESPN Radio. Amber Wilson and Harry Douglas hanging out with you on ESPN Radio until 7 p.m. Eastern. You can tweet to us at AmberW790 at HDouglas83. You can also give us a call, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. We've had the breaking news out of the NBA that Paul George will not be playing tonight as his Clippers take on the Pelicans in a must-win at 10 p.m. Eastern. There is a play-in game before that. Another must-win, Harry Douglas, for your Atlanta Hawks and the Cleveland Cavaliers. That'll tip off at 7.30 p.m. Eastern. Coverage begins right here on most ESPN radio stations at 7 o'clock Eastern, right after Harry and I go off air. And the Cleveland Cavaliers side of things, let's start there with this matchup, Harry, because we've talked a lot about your Atlanta Hawks, and I'll give you some room to do your Hawk again, Harry's Hawk at some point here. But let's talk about the Cavs first, because this Cleveland Cavaliers team has been, I think, under the radar for most people this season. It has been surprising people. I think... You could argue that they've already exceeded expectations being in a play-in scenario to make the postseason. But technically, they haven't made the playoffs yet, even though I kind of consider the play-in tournament the playoffs with what a heck of an environment it has been for all of these teams. If they don't make the playoffs, is this a disappointment considering what the Cavs have accomplished with this young squad? I don't think so. And simply because coming into this season, we did not think the Cavaliers were going to be to the level that they played at this year. Um, we didn't think they were going to be 44 and 38 right now, third in the central division. And when you look at guys like a Colin Sexton, who's been hurt for a very long time, him going down, that added another, uh, another thing to the flame as well. But I think the emergence of a guy like a Darius Garland, uh, out of Vandy, a guy that I've seen play um, at the college level and thought, hey, this, this young man can, can really ball. But he stepped up tremendous, uh, tremendous this year. Then you see Evan Mobley and what he can do, being able to block shots, one of the top shot blockers in the NBA this year. But not only that, being a defensive presence, 
and being able to shoot the basketball mid-range and from the three-point line. And let me tell you something that, that really, really triggered me for this group. At the All-Star game, I seen their chemistry and the way Allen and Mobley and Darius Garland, the way those guys were in unison with one another doing the the, the challenge, the skill challenge um, thing that they have in All-Star, All-Star game, All-Star mm-hmm. break. I was I was blown away, and I came away saying, in years to come, these guys, if they can stay together, mm-hmm. are going to be a force to rec- reckon with. I mean, but it's silly, they, but I was too. I, I mean, yes. what does it matter, right? Like the skills challenge, yes. the, but I was I was real. I was like, whoa, Team Cleveland, Team Cavs out here just balling. Like the chemistry was there, but then you add a a, a, a guy like a Karis Levert in a trade, right? Then you have a guy like Marketing, and then you have the veteran Kevin Love. Um, I just think for years to come, as they continue to add pieces. Now, I do think Isaac Okoro out of Auburn, um, I think he needs to step up and make more plays for this team. I was watching that game the other night against the Brooklyn Nets, and he had two wide-open looks that would have really, really helped that team um, as they tried to come back and win that game. I thought it, I think it would have cut, cut the lead to either three or two, and he missed both of those. But those are the kind of shots that a guy like Isaac Okoro has to make, Right. Um, and these young guys on this team. But I just think moving forward, they are going to be a force to reckon with. And the Cleveland area, the, the Cleveland, the city of Cleveland, they thought it was no hope or it was going to be a long time before they were going to be good again in basketball because of LeBron leaving and that whole ordeal. They have new life now because they have a young, young talent in there um, and those guys are gelling, and the, the chemistry, I think, is at a sky high. I just hope the chemistry is off the night against the Hawks. Yeah, I, when LeBron <laughs> leaves your franchise, he leaves your brand, franchise decimated often. And, you know, as a Miami Heat fan, I know what it feels like when LeBron leaves. And the Cleveland Cavaliers felt that stronger than anybody because he did it to them twice. I do know from Aaron Goldhammer, who's on ESPN Cleveland, is also your co-host on Sunday nights here on ESPN Radio. He says that there's something special to the Cavs about making this run in the post-LeBron era because it does feel like the Cavs are back. I think, frankly, it feels like the Cavs are back regardless of what happens tonight. I do think, Harry, that it would be a big disappointment for the Cavs not to make the playoffs, not to win this game tonight, if Jared Allen was out there 100%. Because with Darius Garland and Evan Mobley and Jared Allen, like that young core has really proven this season that they can contend. And I think they can contend enough where they're ready for the postseason. I'm not saying they're ready to make a postseason run. I mean, calm down, relax. Like, it's a little soon but I do think that they're good enough that having them in the playoffs in the first round would be a really reasonable accomplishment for this team and one that feels like a destination for me like if they got bounced in the first round no harm because this team exceeded expectations and got there but because Jared Allen is a big question mark and he's a game time decision and I think that this matchup frankly largely depends on that because as elite as the Cavs have been defensively I think that they need Jared Allen out there to help play some defense uh, with Trey Young and that Atlanta Hawks team on the floor. I think without him being out there 100%, particularly if he can't go, then I don't know if it's a huge knock on the Cavs if they can't get it done tonight against a Hawks team that I think is a really young, exciting, fun team as well. And and frankly, the Hawks are are very different in the sense that they've underperformed this season, right? I mean, you're talking about a team coming off of an Eastern Conference 
right. appearance here, an Eastern Conference Championship appearance, and you thought they'd take that next step, we'd be talking about them, oh, yeah, winning the East next year. And they haven't taken that next step for the, you know, they were atrocious through the first half of the season, whereas this Cavs team has come out, uh, you know, from out of nowhere, out of left field and completely shocked us, I think, with how good they've been with Evan Mobley. Uh, I mean, I think he's going to win Rookie of the like Year, him. and I think he deserves I like him. To win him? him. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. I like him as well. So uh, an interesting matchup tonight. Also, of course, your Atlanta Hawks are interesting, though, because you and I have talked several times about how they seem like the team, if they are able to get past the Cavs tonight, that they seem like the team that would maybe out of these four teams left tonight be most well-suited to try to make a number one, give a little run for its money. I'm not willing to say they're going to, make the heat run for its money because as my Miami heat squad, I'm talking about Harry Douglas and things are going to get real dirty between me and Harry. If this is the matchup that we do see in the first round, can we tell the people if the Hawks can win tonight, you know, Amber, the great Amber Wilson will be in Atlanta next week. And I would love for Amber to watch the heat lose in my presence. That I will, will go with you to that heat game, to that game four, because I will be in Atlanta for what would be game four of that series. Harry Douglas and I can go to that game together, and I will give Harry Douglas a tissue when he cries his tears, <laughs> watching his Atlanta Hawks win at home in front of, by the way, a Miami Heat crowd, because trust me, we turn out when it comes to Atlanta, and that sounds like a home crowd for the Miami Heat inside that yourself. arena. You just said the Atlanta Hawks win at home in front of the Atlanta crowd. No, See, you, la- even you believe it. Home. You lose believe it. Home. Even you believe it. Y'all heard I it. We got it. Clip it, Eric. Clip it. Don't clip I it, anything. Eric. Don't clip anything. <laughs> we did clip Jay Williams, though, from Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Max. He was on Barton Hahn. He said that he thinks the Hawks are also, out of these four teams, the one most suited to make a run. They definitely have a legitimate shot. Uh, They would have to get past the Cavs first, though, and that's not going to be an easy task, especially with that elite, elite defense. Uh, Woj is reporting that Cavs all-star center Jared Allen plans to go through pregame warm-ups with the intention of playing. So a game-time decision seems like it might be trending towards Jarrett Allen playing. There are other reports out there that say Allen is planning to play tonight, barring a setback. Coming up next, one of the best free agents remaining chose a destination. We'll tell you who. This is ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio. Signed wide receiver Kenny Galladay, Harry, last offseason. Many people thought it was going to vastly improve the offense, help that team turn a corner, become a contender. Instead, the Giants receivers were the most overpaid, lowest producing group of wide receivers in 2021. Apparently, they had the most expensive wide receiver room and didn't accomplish much at all. Does it surprise you to hear that Daniel Jones had the most wide receiver room when you consider Galladay and Sterling Shepard and Darius Slayton and Kadarius Tony? obviously Tony's contract, a rookie one though, but that's how much the New York Giants spent on their wide receivers to get a whole lot of nothing out of the results. Yeah, it's very comical. And I, I will say this, Kenny Galladay, he was the big free agent that came over last year. Now, Kadarius Tony. He was their first-round draft pick. Between the two, they had 76 catches for 941 yards. But here's the big catcher right here, Amber Wilson. Between the two, 
they had zero touchdowns. Woo! Zero touchdowns. That's insane. And those are those are two guys, especially Kenny Galladay coming over in free agency. And to be a number one, be your top dog. And then Kadarius Tony, you're drafting him. Now, I will say this. Kadarius Tony, he is a human joystick. Literally, he, got the, he has the shakes. He has the quakes. He has the fries that across your eyes. He has it all. But one of the things that limited this group was that every single last one of them at some point was hurt. They couldn't stay on the football field. So moving forward, I do like – uh, Brian Dable coming over. So now he's going to implement the quick game, right? That's one of the things about Josh Allen I love. He got the ball out of his hands quick. Get the ball out of your hand quick. Let these playmakers make plays. That's another thing that's going to be implemented. You have a guy in the backfield, um, Saquon Barkley, and I'm, I'm trying to figure out how that's going to work because Brian Dable didn't use the run game very, very well when he was in Buffalo. But now you have a guy that you probably can rely on Within the run game, plus a running quarterback, we're going to see Daniel Jones probably use his legs a little bit more like we've seen of Josh Allen. But these wide receivers have to continue to be healthy for Daniel Jones to be able to deliver a football. Because I do bring up a game like the New Orleans Saints, where Daniel Jones passed for, I believe it was over 400 yards, and they beat the Saints in overtime. So you'd have little splashes like that that give you a little bit of hope. The fewest touchdowns by a wide receiver room in 2021 was the New York Giants. Five touchdowns total. Not only was it the fewest in 2021, it was the fewest by a wide receiver room since 2017. Now the Giants have the most expensive wide receiver room in the entire NFL. Over $40 million committing to those wide receivers. This is ESPN Radio. Amber Wilson and Harry Douglas rounding out the 5 o'clock hour with you. You can tweet to us at AmberW790 at HDouglas83. ESPN Radio is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. Every April 15th is Jackie Robinson Day, but today is even more special. It is the 75th anniversary of when he shattered the color barrier and set the stage for momentous change in society. Today, Billy Jean King, an all-time great in tennis, who was three years old when Robinson debuted for the Brooklyn Dodgers, shares how he inspired her through lifelong battles for women's rights and equality for all. This is part of our series, Black History Always. ESPN Radio. Jean King won 39 major titles, 12 in singles, and she led the battle for women to receive equal prize money in tennis. For our interview, she said she wore Dodger blue to honor Jackie Robinson and because she's part of the team. For more firsthand reflections, the complete 12-part series, Jackie to Me, is now available on the ESPN app. So 75-year anniversary for Jackie Robinson, huge day there here at ESPN. This is ESPN Radio with Amber Wilson and Harry Douglas. We are taking you up until 7 o'clock Eastern. Also, Harry Douglas, a huge week for the Indianapolis Colts because they have signed Stephon Gilmore to a two-year, $23 million contract. 14 of that, according to Adam Schefter, is fully guaranteed. He is the second vet addition to the Colts secondary just this week. They signed safety Rodney McLeod on Thursday, just yesterday. I mean, they have totally reshaped their defense after they lost their defensive coordinator. They brought in Gus Bradley, and now they've reshaped this defense. They've got five guys on this defense that have all been to at least one Pro Bowl. Now they have a five-time Pro Bowler, Pro Bowler in Stephon Gilmore. What do you make of what the Colts have done? 
I think they're great moves, both of these guys, Rodney uh, McLeod and Stephon Gilmore, two guys who have Super Bowl experience and have Super Bowl rings, and I think that's very important when you're a team trying to get over uh, the hump to have guys on your team, especially bringing them in, who has that experience. Now, this defense was already top-notch. Being able to have a shutdown corner, and I'm going to give the listeners an, an example. You look at Tennessee, and you have a guy like A.J. Brown, who I think is very, very good and dynamic. You bring in a Stephon Gilmore, who at one point in the National Football League was the best corner in football, and now you can say, hey, Stephon, these two games that we play Tennessee, you have A.J. Brown no matter what. Now, I'm not saying who's going to win that matchup. I'm just saying when you have a guy uh, like Stephon Gilmore who could play the game of football at a very high level and who, who was at one point the best at his position, you can just say we not, we're not worried about – that side of the field, wherever A.J. is lined up, if he wins that matchup. But I look at the rest of his defense. Yeah, you certainly have a better chance now of winning that matchup with Stephon Gilmore on your defense. So are you giving the Colts then the edge in that division over the Titans? You said you wouldn't tell me who's going to win that matchup. So who's going to win those games between those two teams? I'm not saying that. So they're not, they're still, and I might be a homer. homer. These are your Tennessee Titans. Harry, if you don't know, Harry Douglas played for the Tennessee Titans. So I'm trying to be easy with how I ask this. But if I ask you who is the best team in the AFC South, what is your answer? It's going to be the Tennessee Titans. Just because I looked at what they did last year, getting the number one seed in the AFC with a ton of people being hurt. Them and the Baltimore Ravens, no one had had more players hurt than they did. And Tennessee still found a way to get it done. It was at one point they were out Derrick Henry, without Julio Jones, without A.J. Brown, and still were finding ways to win. Then they went through a gauntlet of a schedule, beating top-notch teams in the National Football League last year. Now, I do like the addition of Matt Ryan substituting for Carson Wentz. I think he's better than Carson. But I, I love the – the, the defense of, 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 of Indy, you look at a Quiddy Pay, a DeForest Buckner, who is a game wrecker. Then you bring over Yannick Ngakwe in a trade, and now you add a Stephon Gilmore and a McLeod. It's bright things that happen up there in Indy. They have been doing a lot of work in Indy this offseason to improve that team. You're right. The Titans were also decimated last season by injuries and still found a way to get some things done. The rest of that division, I don't think is frankly worth discussing, but it'll be interesting to see what happens in that division with those two teams. Coming up next, we go back to the NBA. This is ESPN Radio.